0: Hey, friends, this is Evan Phillips, and you're listening to The Firm Line, a podcast about the lives of mountain climbers. Hey, I wanted to reach out to all of you and say hello. This is a challenging moment in our lives, and I know a lot of us are just living day to day, doing the best we can in these trying times. So I wanted to put together a community episode to get to hear from a variety of voices in our community to remind us that we're not alone, and just to say it out loud that we're in this together. So sit back for the next hour and get cozy on your couch, camp chair, or your hanging bivvy off the ceiling rafter and settle in for this episode of The Fern Line.
1: My name is Carolyn, I live in New Westminster, British Columbia. One thing that I've started doing for myself in the the past week, I've taken up running and I ran three times last week and I plan on doing that at least a couple of times a week just to help relieve any uh, stress. What have I been doing for my family? My family does not live close by unfortunately but I have kept in touch with uh, some of them either via Instagram or by phoning them, just messaging them and offering them words of encouragement and seeing how they are during this time. One thing that I've done for somebody in the community is last week I donated some money to a single mother who was needing some money for food. I uh, found out about her because I joined this Facebook group called COVID-19 Facebook group it's a group that started here in vancouver and it was set up to help those in the community that have various needs either finding work or somebody needs food or somebody needs any items picked up for them so um yeah it's a it's a great little group and i'm looking forward to hearing more about your community podcast
2: Hi Evan, this is Kenny and I'm from Lochalsh on the west coast of Scotland. One thing which I'm doing to kind of look after myself particularly my mental health during this is I'm writing down gratitudes every day and that's for just taking note of things that I'm grateful for three a day and I'm sticking them on post-it notes on the wall in my flat and my hope is that it's something that's been shown, a practice that's been shown to have you know, real benefits for folks' mental health. And my hope is that by the end of this, I'll have a wall covered in things that I've been grateful for, uh, even though this feels like quite a dark time. Um, something for my f- my loved ones, my family, uh, It's really simple. It's just not going home. Uh, my family stay up on the west coast, right by the sea, and there's mountains all around. And when this, you know, when we first started feeling, well, this is going to be, this is going to be a big thing the the temptation for me was just to go home and ride it out there. But my father, particularly, is more at risk, and uh, for that reason, I'm staying away and I'm just staying at my flat in, in the city, in Glasgow. And obviously, yeah, there's a lot of, obviously an awful lot of other reasons for not just running away to the to rural parts of our countries as well at the minute. So just staying staying put, I guess. And in terms of community and helping folk, myself and other people who live in my a building, we've created a a group chat really simple, and between all the neighbors and the different flats in the building. Uh, even though actually before this, I don't think many people had really, you know, really even met each other much or really spoken. But you know, yeah, we're most of the people in the building are now in this group chat, eight different homes, and it's actually been yeah, I, I felt you know we're all we're all just you know letting each other know if we're going out to the shops and asking if anyone needs anything, and I think it's got real comfort just knowing that there's people close by. Um, it's been really cool, actually seeing people are, people are looking out for one another, and people want to help each other um, it's great to be part of that. I hope you're safe yourself. I'm, I've listened to the podcast for years and absolutely love it um, it's one of the best, actually it's definitely one of the best things I, I've, I listened to, it's fantastic storytelling and it's good to hear your original music in it as well and that's all even though I've, I've never been, I've never been near Alaska ever been on your side of the pond but carry on <laughs> great work and um, but yeah stay safe and stay well
0: last week I reached out to my friend Len Nessefer who lives in Tucson, Arizona. Len's a college professor and the CEO of Natives Outdoors, a Native American-owned outdoor apparel and media company whose mission is to empower indigenous communities through their products and storytelling for a sustainable world. Len is deeply involved in his community and he's certainly a positive force in my orbit, so he was someone that I wanted to reach out to and check in with.
3: I think checking in with friends and reaching out and not feeling isolated. I've been making a very diligent effort to reach out to people that I haven't talked to in years. And, you know, also just chatting with strangers that, you know, I have on my Instagram, I think just trying to find the common humanity that like we're all experiencing this together and it's the only way we're going to get through it is by working with it together. And that means, just checking in on each other. And I think that's been, I think what makes say this pandemic different than what happened in 18, 1918 and 1919 is that we're uh, so deeply connected to folks all around the world and across this country. And I think that's going to be such a valuable tool during and after and otherwise. And I think now that we're, I don't know, it's, it's kind of given me a lot more hope about the internet and like, the, the sort of connected world there is just seeing how much that, that this tool is really showing its worth in some big ways. So.
0: And obviously, you just, you know, you're, you went and picked up your father and he's with you now and you're staying in touch with friends. Um, I mean, are there any other things that you think are important as far as just for the people that are close to you, uh, the people you care about, your friends, your family? Just anything else you want to pass on about that? I think just
3: getting to know your neighbors. You know, I I studied sort of the policies and like how disasters happen, what happens with communities. But one of the most determining factors about how communities come through is how connected they are. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, keep your distance when you introduce yourself to your neighbors, but those sort of connections really matter. And I think it's a really great opportunity that we build that and. I just had a, you know, had one of my elderly neighbors across the street come over and just introduced herself and gave her phone number. And I think that was, um, yeah, it was just really heartening to see that. So I think just making that effort will go a long ways because, you know, we're right now, like this is, uh, what is it, March 23rd,
0: 22nd, something like that? Uh, 23rd. 23rd.
3: And, you know, we're just at the beginning and it's going to get, it's going to be hard in the next few weeks. And, you know, I think what we're doing now and sort of the steps that we take in the weeks prior before it gets hard is really important. And Mm -hmm. that's how we're going to get through. And I, I, you know, we're the most of us are going to make it to the other side. And I think that's the important thing to remember. It might be, there might be things that happen that are really hard during it, but like at the end of the day, the most valuable thing that we all have is being alive and you know, and I think that's been one of the things I've always taken away from it. I've, I've kind of looked back at history of being Navajo. And, you know, we've gone through a lot of really hard shit and like literally we're almost wiped off the face of this earth, but we are still here. And I think that's been one of the lessons I've been really drawing upon.
0: Right. You're always kind of participating in your community. You have a big community that you're a part of. You know, what are some things that you're doing for your general community? As a
3: Navajo person, we're kind of taught that every event has good and bad associated with it. There's good things that come out of it and there's bad things that come out of it. And I think just kind of trying to maintain that perspective of like, this is really serious, but this could also, there's a lot of really funny things that will come out of this as well. And, you know, one of the things I'm going to start doing here in the next week is start doing um, meal deliveries for um, folks that can't go out and get their own Food and um, volunteering there. I'm very fortunate to have a state job that hasn't been affected negatively by this. And, um, you know, I'm basically ramping up how much I'm donating to food banks, both in terms of actual food and money, and also just trying to support folks that are freelancing or working other jobs and just trying to do my part in my community to, like, help. I guess what I'm saying is, like, I'm willing to sacrifice so that others won't have to hurt as much, and I think that's been, I don't know, something that I think many people are going to step up and do and have already stepped up and doing, and I think it's good. I'm really happy that we've we're, we're able to see that.
4: Hey, Evan, this is Christina Hendrickson. I'm doing this recording in support of your community podcast. Josh and I live in Girdwood. I am part of the Girdwood Board of Supervisors, which is our de facto community council. I'm also an active Rotarian and Josh is an EMT with the Girdwood Volunteer Fire Department. In our capacity for our little community, which is hospitality driven and certainly economically struck by the closing of bars, restaurants, breweries, and of course, Aliasco Resort. We've got a lot of friends that we consider family that are out of work and looking for opportunities at this time. So one of the main things that I've sought to do in my positions within local government is advocate to Anchorage to make sure to include us in any Um, economic development opportunities in the Anchorage Bowl. So for instance, there's a lot of Costco and Fred Meyer and Safeway job postings, but many of our hospitality industry rely on our local transportation to get them to Aliasca and so on and so forth. So, taking a lower paying job in Anchorage and still having to pay for gas to get down there is a big setback. So, working with our local government to get a people mover or a rideshare to circulate to Girdwood to bring in those potential employees to those positions. Um, but then also working with our local food bank uh, with the demand on the Alaska Food Bank, from which we get a lot of our supplies, we have seen a downturn in how much is actually available to Girdwood. Um, So Rotary recently provided a, a short term influx of monies to provide them with the items that they need from their bulk suppliers. But then we also have put in a grant for our district to provide another influx of money in the next 30 to 60, almost 90 days potentially to help out with the long term impact of this. And then we've also coordinated with local restaurants such as the Double Muskie to provide takeaway for containers for the meals that are prepared uh, at the community level once a week when the food bank opens its doors to Gurdwigians to refill their pantries. And then of course, still doing all of this while trying to maintain some sort of isolation um, so as to not compromise Josh's ability to be be able to respond as an EMT to the Girdwood Volunteer Fire Department is important for us to keep, despite our social interactions to make all of these things happen, trying to do as many of them virtually and at the prescribed six foot um, distance. And we have still even been Walking around and going up to the brewery and getting a keg before they tampered down on some of their operations, going up to La Bodega, getting a couple of balls of wine before they tampered down on theirs, definitely trying to order from all of our local restaurants and, and keep the local economy going as much as we can without overexposing ourselves. So I hope that some of these tips do inspire, and I hope that they provide you with a good outlook on how much can happen uh, in just one household to impact so many resources that people rely on during times of need. And so anybody listening to this, I would encourage to, if you have it, donate to the Alaska Food Bank, call the mayor's office if you have a really great idea for how to employ those in the hospitality industry. They are looking for out-of-the-box creative ideas that help us. And then also definitely check on your elders, uh, support your local businesses and, and do all that you can. And above and all, make sure that you are supporting our first responders and our medical workers in our community. They're potentially going to be overburdened in the near future. Thanks. I really appreciate putting
5: together this podcast. Hey, my name is Laurel and I'm living in Anchorage. One thing that I've been doing to take care of myself is really listen to my body and what it wants for each day. So for instance, today I napped a lot. And if I feel like doing something, I do it. I don't think too much about it. Obviously everything is at home, but if I feel like painting, I'll paint. If I feel like cooking, I will cook and not try to read too much into what the feelings mean. Just follow what feels good in that moment. And in that, I'm giving myself a lot of grace to not be productive, not be concerned about making progress. I have a lot of hobbies, and I'm not necessarily making progress on all of them right now, but that's just fine. One thing I'm doing to help my family is really just stay in touch. We all live in different areas, and uh, of course, with elderly parents, I can't see them anyway. So I'm checking in with them every day, checking in with my brother who lives in California every day, sharing everything that I'm doing, just really keeping everything you know, up to date and asking them for the same and doing a lot of video calls. Video calls are such a godsend. Uh, never appreciated them fully until now. One thing I'm doing to help the community is uh, luckily through my job I have money that I can distribute to various places so I am researching what to do right now and um, come April 1st that money I'll be able to to use that money to help places like the United Way we're looking into seeing how we can support local restaurants and other businesses and I just feel very fortunate that I work in a place that is giving me the flexibility to use this budget that was for something else instead for the community. So that is the most quantifiable way I'm helping people right now.
6: Well, hello, everybody. Hello to the Fernline community. I am a Avid fan and listen to almost every episode possible. I'm not in the climbing community, but I vicariously live through all of your adventures, for I'm physically not able to hit the mountains anymore, but I thank you all for sharing your stories and entertaining me endlessly. Um, As we approach this time of uh, trauma, I find that I'm falling back in muscle memory and maybe even some cellular memory. I have a tendency in my life to have had a few traumas where I've had to pack and go quickly moving from house to house um, and I find that in my time of quarantine I fell into this old habit of putting into place the mechanical mechanisms of packing my things and rearranging my house I've over the three days virtually moved my home within my home <laughs> so I, I was wondering how this all could relate to you folks and recognizing that you are all tenacious outdoors men and women and perhaps you at this time are feeling like you want to get out and go and that's your way of coping with your life circumstances and your means of therapeutically processing you know this tough time so in all due time we will once again be able to adventure out in the mountains and This has been my opportunity to recognize this cellular memory, this visceral recall of putting things in motion to pack up and regroup and relocate. And I do hope that you all hold yourselves dear and your memories dear and know that you've been out adventuring and you've got that adventurous spirit and we'll all prevail. Take care, be well, and look out for each other.
0: My next conversation was with Sarah Histand, and she lives here in Anchorage, Alaska. Sarah's a counselor, a life and nutrition coach, and a personal trainer. Sarah runs some great training programs. In the summertime, she offers Summer Strong, which is body and mind training for summer adventures, and in the wintertime, she offers Ski Babes, functional fitness training for recreational-level winter sports enthusiasts. I caught up with Sarah this last week to check in about things she's doing to take care of herself, her family, and loved ones, as well as her community.
7: I am trying to move every day. That feels really important to me. It's been interesting to notice how, like, my needs for movement have sort of shifted throughout this. So it, it hasn't been as like high intensity kind of workout driven as I sometimes am. I've been feeling more like I need sort of soothing type movement. <laughs> so at first I kind of resisted that. Um, but as things have progressed, I've been to, I have been think I've been doing a better job of trusting that that's what my body and my nervous system is needing. And, and that's okay right now. Yeah, trying to get outside and... I have been trying to engage my creativity too. That's like a way that I actually reached out to my community just yesterday and asked, because I was thinking about how similar this experience is to like winter darkness and cabin fever and like the things that a lot of us cope with in the middle of the darkness of winter. (laughs) So those are the things that people were saying, like get outside, move regularly do something creative, like try to get a different part of our brains working and then some way to have some play in there, like some kind of silly lightheartedness. I mean, that's been dancing. I really like, I really like that kind of silly really fun movement. And then, and then finding ways to be connected with people, which that's been phone calls and texts and checking in with people a little bit out of the ordinary ways to get that, but it has been feeling pretty effective. Even so,
0: yeah. Like, what are some other ways that you're kind of, I guess, you know, getting involved or maybe helping out the the community that you're a, a part of?
7: One thing I've been trying to do is help us think about how we can be outdoors. Which some people who are probably listening in your world are in the same boat. Like, think about how we can be outside in ways that are getting us the benefits that we get from being outside but without contributing to the um, the potential problems so so there seems like there's a lot to grapple with there for, for one like just thinking about how to maintain social distance when we're outside isn't super isn't always easy so we've been putting some thought into into what that means for us and then the, the other big question with outdoor stuff these days is is if we're doing anything that involves any risk and if something were to happen we would then be adding additional burden to the medical system so um we've been trying to get us thinking as a community about what that means yeah i think i'm i'm wanting us to like be really thoughtful about how we how we are engaging with the outdoors these days and recognizing it's something that helps us in a lot of ways but uh that the like impacts are, are real too.
0: Yeah. I mean, my observations, at least the people who I have done outdoor activities with and like my climbing partners over the years. I mean, one thing I know is, you know, in general, like we're really resilient people. We're really adaptable. You know, we're, we're smart. We're good at solving problems. And, but sometimes we're not very good at being patient. And this is a time You know, I think for for us to get to practice that, (laughs) you know, from my view, it's it's really important. You know, in the big picture, this is is a temporary thing. Like we have to make a temporary sacrifice um, to be thinking about the potential burden (laughs) that we could contribute to the to the doctors and the people who are out there trying to deal with this crisis. So it's. I don't know, I guess that's the, the, maybe it's just something for people to think about is it's a good time to practice patience too.
7: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I like that. It's like the, it's a little bit like being storm bound in a tent, but we have to kind of imagine that that's the reality rather than like, feel the wind against the tent keeping you stuck. But I do think like the things that we know as outdoorsy people, Do really apply here, like the knowledge that, like, the weather is always going to change. It's always eventually going to get better. And whatever we're dealing with right now, like, nothing lasts forever. I feel like that lesson is like driven home so often when we're outdoors and things are really crappy and we're having to cope. And I think what can be overwhelming about a situation, right, like this is that it sometimes we don't know how long it's going to last. And so it can feel really overwhelming and uncertain. It is still true that it it's going to change at some point.
0: Yeah, I think um, I appreciated the, our city's you know wording. You know when they when they came out and said we're implementing a a hunker down. <laughs> I don't know if they said it, but I think yeah. it's, it's really imp- it's appropriate, and I appreciate it. It's it really is a time to do our best to just hunker down, ride it out. So. Um, any parting words that you would want to say to the community about what's happening right now or just things to think about?
7: Yeah, I I do want to speak a little bit about like how our nervous systems tend to be impacted by this level of stress and uncertainty in the world. And I've been thinking about this in relation to the, like, again, like what we know from being outside, like if you can think about the, the kind of response that your body has when you're in a little bit dicey situation, <laughs> like maybe walking on a really narrow ridge line with some exposure or like boating down a river that's pretty heads up and you kind of need to be on guard or ready. And like your whole system gets kind of activated and, and is like on alert. And there's a whole sequence of chemical reactions that happen in your body to help you be like ready to respond to whatever it is that it's going to happen. And when we're outdoors, like that makes sense, because the threat is very real and very, we do potentially need to be able to react to that. But our brain and our nervous system doesn't know the difference now between like the real threat that we're potentially going to experience when we're outside in that situation. And the threat that we are experiencing now I mean, there's a real threat there, but there maybe isn't a way that we can physically respond to it at this point. So, I guess I, I what I'm wanting to convey here is how important it is to recognize that our body is still experiencing that same crash of chemicals in it <laughs> as we go through this totally different sort of threat. Brain's not noticing that it's different; it just feels the same physically, um, and so especially the longer this goes on like that's a lot of time to have those sort of stress chemicals cycling in the system so like if you're feeling feeling ramped up or like just weird that's probably some of what's going on and there are some ways to to deal with that like just recognizing that that's that, that is happening is a piece of it and then those chemicals are designed to get us to move so so there is potentially some need to actually do some some sort of physical moving through space like going on a walk or doing some push-ups or uh, something that gets those chemicals to actually like be put into action and then released from the system and then also the um, like actually looking around and, and like noticing the things around you that are stable and safe and that like in this moment there's not a threat to your life is again something that helps like take that system down a notch and then the last thing that's really effective is social connection that's like humans are social creatures and and one thing that helps us feel safe is when we are able to feel connected to other humans and that works just as well through the internet or through a phone so if you don't have another like human to, to like do that connection with that that can that can be a strategy but yeah, there's a lot there's a lot of uh, stuff that's impacting our system right now and I think we can use the, all those different strategies to help us feel a little more safe on that like nervous system level.
8: My name is Monica Lovenmark. I live in Squamish BC in Canada and I've got a couple of things here. Um, with the situation right now the one thing I'm doing to take care of myself is getting outside which is actually kind of a funny thing to be doing right now because I work in a park and it's too busy and are trying to ask people to stay out of the park to eliminate transmission um, but trail running by myself is what I'm doing to take care of myself for friends and family and loved ones. It's a lot of Skyping and Zoom and conference calls just to say hi and remind each other that we're here together. And one thing to help my community, um, I'm going to work right now and we're keeping the park partially open so that people can get outside and disinfecting everything and every surface and just trying to stay here for the public uh, while keeping our distance. Thanks so much for doing this.
9: Hey, how's it going Fernline? Uh, My name is Alexander Scully. Uh, I am from Essex Junction, Vermont. Um, One of the things I'm doing to take care of myself is I'm taking walks and I'm trying to get more into trail running. Uh, I'm prepping for a trip to Scotland next year and I'm hoping to get in better shape for it. Uh, One of the things I'm doing for my loved ones, uh, you know, I'm doing regular phone check-ins. I'm trying to have FaceTime meals with with my family, my friends. Uh, You know, just making sure that there's a sense of community and that, you know, we're here for each other and we can kind of share in some normalcy. Uh, One of the things I'm doing for my community is I'm definitely staying indoors, uh, but I work as a counselor. So one of the things I'm doing is trying to offer some short-term solution-based therapy to people to help make them feel a little bit better and a little bit normal. All right. Thank you. Stay safe, be well, and don't forget to have a little bit of fun. Thanks for in line.
0: My next conversation was with Terry O'Connor, who lives in Sun Valley, Idaho. Terry's an emergency room physician, an educator, and a storyteller, which is how I got to know him a few years ago as we've worked together on his podcast, The Adventure Activist. I wanted to catch up with Terry as he's currently on the front lines of the COVID-19 pandemic to get his take on things he's doing to take care of himself and his community, as well as his insights on ways we can all help out in these unprecedented times.
10: Yeah. Um, so, uh, Evan, it's good to uh, get back and talk to you again. I, I <laughs> yeah. didn't think we'd be talking about this. We obviously were talking about other projects, but here we are. But in my professional life, um, I became an emergency physician and also work in coordination of emergency medical response here and central Idaho in Sun Valley, Idaho, and, and not far from the Frank Church Wilderness and the Sawtooth Mountain Range, which some of your listeners may be familiar with.
0: Cool. And uh, it sounds like you've been doing a lot of interviews. Um, you're doing a lot of coordinating with other doctors and healthcare professionals. Uh, what's happening for you right now in your world? Yeah.
10: So, you know, I'm s- still a, a staff emergency physician here in this, this small little Critical Access Hospital, which would be similar to a lot of the hospital facilities you might find in some of the areas of the world where your listener base likes to go, like maybe Bishop or Moab and other locations like Palmer or other areas up in Alaska. And um, we have also uh, fallen uh, under the weight of uh, the coronavirus pandemic, and it it hit us pretty hard a couple weeks ago and I think it's been a cautionary tale for how quickly this elusive disease process can really impact a small mountain community, which is just one degree separated from where you would figure the initial epicenters would be in Seattle and San Francisco. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I've been diligently, working trying to respond not only work in the shifts and and seeing the sick people uh that we are seeing coming through our doors and we're putting people on ventilators every day uh now at this point and uh we've had to deploy kind of creative resources to set up uh, drive-through testing to try to get our testing out to the community is is much as possible. Uh, Not unlike what's happening in a lot of other areas and communities out there, but um, as you said, I'm connected with a a lot of other projects and people and arenas, and uh, I've been doing my best to try to connect uh, friends of mine who are in the journalism world, um, in radio and in print media, just to try to connect them to stories of how it's just how big of a problem this is and, and how important it is that we share how people are responding and trying to find solutions for this. Because, I mean, in our lifetimes, this, this seems like this is it, you know. And for someone like me who's in medicine, this seems very much like our moment. I mean, this is what we're, we're trained to do and what we have to show up for. Um, and at the same time, to protect ourselves and feel like we can enable other people who are out there wondering what they can do is, is, is we got to educate and help people figure out how they can contribute and right. make a difference.
0: Right. You, kind of the way I've, I've looked at this is that, you know, in situations like this, especially for somebody like you, is like your, your job, uh, your profession is to help and to take care of other people but you also have to take care of yourself. Cause like, it's like in climbing, it's like, if you're not taking care of yourself, if you're not safe, if you're not anchored, you're not gonna be able to help your partner or, or your partners. And so I'm curious, are you able to take care of yourself right now? And, and what are some of the things you're doing to, to try and take care of yourself?
10: Yeah, I mean, no doubt. I, I think for any listener out there who's involved in the career as a medical professional i think our whole our whole lives were constantly trying to find that balance which you know whatever it is that you need to do to to balance out the stress of of being in the workplace and you know sometimes that's found in family but certainly within this in our circle and community of friends it is it is about being outside and being in the mountains and, and finding that release and solace and just a moment of quiet uh to fill back up the tank at, you know, thankfully, um, with some career decisions I made to move to Idaho from, from Portland nearly nine years ago, I, I, I live in a community in an area where I'm five minutes, 10 minutes away from having, you know, a wilderness experience that can help fill my tank. And and I do, I, I have to build that into my day, uh, evidence they're not as big of missions as I've done historically in the past. But, um, you know, this morning I just got out for a, quick little cross cruise on the skate skis and it's good you know it's just some headspace to kind of collect it's it takes only three or four hours of my morning time right now on on meetings and phone calls to to begin to feel a bit overwhelmed you know we're just so disconnected as a community right now too i only see people face to face if i'm in the er and even then it's not face to face right because we're all behind masks now and the only really kind of common denominator I feel like I have in my life is just communing with nature. I can't really communicate with friends and family like I used to. And so that's, that's helping to keep me afloat. I also feel like it may be something else that's been, that perhaps might be resonant with the theme of the work you do, uh, Evan is, is I've found a lot of personal satisfaction and hope in just trying to empower people to elevate their stories and try to instill with them a sense of just agency, that anecdote and personal experience right now with how people are managing this pandemic actually really means so much. And I, I kind of felt like this was going to be a really important thing because as I started, started to see this problem unfold and it spread quickly, I, I began to realize that this this clearly is something no one who is currently alive has ever seen before. It's a threat and a problem that we just don't know how to respond to. And you see in human nature, when that happens, either people are paralyzed and terrified or they just, they wanna describe it away as something else that's familiar. And I think this is where you see the uninformed comparisons with influenza, right? But you got to make it relatable somehow. But in this case, with the pandemic that's spreading this fast, you can't make it relatable by waiting until the point that your mom or your neighbor falls ill with the illness and and gets hospitalized. I mean, if if we're one degree separated from someone who gets severely ill with this disease, man, we are just so terribly behind on the curve. And what I've found has really been one of the most effective and satisfying parts of my job right now is actually seeking out people in my community that I'm connected to both professionally, but just even in my recreation community and just trying to empower them to have some buy-in and to tell them that, that their stories, what they have to share, really make a difference. And, and this is, you know, my professional world, that's like my paramedics, and my firefighters, my EMTs I work with. You know, you look at any community, people trust and respect firefighters and paramedics, and they want to hear what they have to say. And, and one of my first moves with this was to literally sit down and, and, and give a chat for about an hour and a half and record it for, for all these wonderful young men and women and, and just give them an insight to, like, why this matters and why you need to convince your friends and family that you usually go out, on a Friday night and have a beer with, why you're not gonna do it anymore and and why it's not being alarmist and why it's important to do. And uh, recently, you know, it was reached out to by uh, my my close friend who's a director of our local Avalanche center here and, and he's you know he, he saw a lever that he needed to pull and, and and to keep kinda people from pushing the envelope a little bit in the backcountry here to not overly tax our already strapped medical system so that we're not feeling guilty that we can't respond to a remote rescue or potentially spreading our resources thin and, and, and have tapped into that community. And what was really surprising to me is just how quickly just a large community of people got back to me or effectively just backcountry skiers thanking me for that message. And you know what? The reason why is I think that whole community is just feeling at odds of what to do. I mean, they're just being asked to stay at home And they don't know what message they have a sense of agency or empowered to do anything about it. But they see this message and I think they, they stand behind it because they feel like they're, they're part of positive solution. And I think the message that a lot of your listeners can take from that, that might be listening to this piece when you get it out there is that we, we are all connected. We are all a trusted messenger to somebody. And it's, it's really a, that force of that messenger cannot be underestimated and um, it's going to be relatable to somebody else and it, it'll make a difference.
0: Right on. Yeah, I think the one thing that's not you can't really argue about it is this truly is a shared experience. This is a massive traumatic experience for the world. And, you know, that extends from, you know, the world to countries, to states, to cities, to communities, to families, to friends. You know, I I was talking to a couple of my friends the last few days and every, you know, a lot of them, a lot of them are like, God, I just feel so exhausted right now. And I was like, yeah, I, I feel exhausted too. And it's because I've been terrified for the last two weeks, you know, on top of like trying to, uh, to continue to work and to contribute to, or to continue to contribute what I can creatively and artistically and try and do what I can to help my community. But yeah, I mean, it's, people need to be reminded that you know you know this this is a traumatic experience for everybody and i would also encourage people to try not to minimize that
10: yeah and i think it's okay to not feel okay right i mean i think yeah. that is absolutely what's going on out there and 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 people might be uh, unfortunately uh, too critical of themselves for feeling that exhaustion when they're not directly uh, running into the, the burning building, so to speak. Um, you know, they're not on the front lines of dealing with this catastrophe in a hospital. Uh, but it's it's still fatiguing to, to hear the news. And, you know, we do need uh, some sense of normalcy. And I do think continuing to connect with friends as best as you can, mm-hmm. whether it be in social media or trying to embrace connecting with people, it's important to feel like Uh, You still have that to be moving forward. but I I guess as also as a shared experience and having to deal with the drama and trauma that, that that may ensue a number of your listeners. And and I know you and I can relate that some of the best relationships we have to this day are with those very people that we navigated through the roughest times Mm -hmm. in the most desperate times. And, uh, that, you know we we have a few tight relationships with people we've really been in the thick of it and some really desperate situations and um you know this is a shared ad- adverse experience and, and i'd like to think as a as a as a large family a community of, of people living on this planet uh, once we navigate through this i my one optimistic hope is that um you know we are going to be better for it
0: yeah that's my hope too there's a lot of darkness in the world. There always is. And unfortunately, there's a lot of darkness that comes out of something like this. But I I know the commitment that I've made to myself, you know, personally, is that I want to be part of the solution. And for, for me right now, while I'm quarantining myself at home, that means being more active on the podcast and just doing my part to help connect people. And, uh, It feels good to do that. It feels good to be part of the solution.
10: Yeah, I can't say it enough. I can imagine it's really hard uh, being at home and feeling like you're part of the solution for many people out there and to stay the course. But uh, I can only continue to hammer it over and over again, as is every other healthcare provider out there in that uh, we, we need people to do just that. And that is part of the solution. That is our part. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, it's, it's hard to convince people of that when they're not seeing it on a daily basis. They're not feeling it on a daily basis, but we have to keep sending that message and and it, it can't be these grave statistics day after day, uh, on the news. It's, it's, it's got to be shared experiences, stories, and, and why it matters. And I think that's where everybody's going to have a part to play eventually. Because before too long, um, and already by the time this hits hits the air and gets gets posted, I, I imagine a lot of your listeners are already going to have their own stories from direct observations or close family members that are already affected by this. Wow. Uh, we are a global community, and um, you know this is this is a, a common fight that I think we're going to have to commune together, and, and and we'll navigate through it, but uh, there'll be some good to come of this, but uh, right now, it means so much to the healthcare community out there to know that that y'all there are in the fight, and uh, when we do need to take a break, and <laughs> we're listening to something to relax. And divert ourselves or we're getting on the gram to see what our friends are up to we want to know that that people are are as best they can still enjoying their lives and and doing the things that brought us together in the very first place so uh yeah
0: all right well that's it for this community episode i want to wish you all the best in these trying times Hang in there and stay resilient. Take care of yourselves, your friends, and your families. And I'll be back in the next week or so with some more content. All right, take care.